Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are locking the Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network. Scout brings you the very best NFL and college coverage anywhere. I'm hoping I can get through this podcast before the horse whisperer cold kicks in. It's what my wife calls it when I get sick and lose my voice. I thought I might avoid it this time around. Started off with my son Isaac, who's four. Then he passed on to his brother Grady, who's six. But uh, come yesterday, I was thinking, yeah, this isn't going to happen. The voice is going to go. Sore throat, all that kind of stuff. So what do you do, right? I mean, you could drink tea, you know, hot tea by the gallon. You could pop Ricola, Ricolas down like like uh, Marshall Lynch popped down Skittles. But, you know, really, those are those are short-term fixes. I'm thinking long-term here. If any of you guys got kids, you know you know what happens, right? The kids get sick from somewhere, and they bring it home to you. It's, you know, they're the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm thinking I might put up in an addition. And they can just go live in the addition. Put glass windows in there so we can, you know, spy on them and, you know, microphones in there to make sure they're not fighting and sharing their toys. But, you know, windows so we can interact with them. Um, you know, maybe a megaphone, you know, to give them food. Maybe you get one of those drones. They can just, you know, bring the food into their house, something like that. Otherwise, maybe I could just show them how to cook. You know, it wouldn't be dangerous to have a four- and six-year-old make their own macaroni and cheese, right? Anyways, that's a joke. First down, it would be a look at this year's roster. I did it for PackerReport.com yesterday, and to me, it's more of a it's more of a process than the actual picking the actual players. I, I it, it helps me to figure out okay, here's where you're deep. How many tough cards are there really to make? And for me, I got down to 58 players pretty easy. Now you get down to 55, remember, because Mike Pinnell suspended and Dimitri Goodson suspended for four games to start the season, so those guys don't count. So this year's 53 man roster is actually 55. So I, I got down to 58 which left three cuts. My, my sticking points here is I, is I originally cut 10 offensive linemen by cutting Don Barclay, but keeping Kyle Murphy, Josh Walker, and Lane Taylor. I kept seven wide receivers by keeping Jeff Janis off of IR, keeping the rookie Trevor Davis, and cutting Geronimo Allison. I cut down to five safeties by keeping rookie Kentrell Bryce. I kept five inside linebackers by keeping both Joe Thomas and Carl Bradford. So now what do you do, right? Well, here, here's, here's my thinking. I, I, I really wanted to keep the 10 alignment because, as we've discussed before, you got Lang, Sitton, Treader, Barclay, and Boxier all headed to free agency. To me, you've you got to keep a bunch of guys there just so you're, the cover's not bare next year. And, uh, at, but, you know, I, I ended up cutting Murphy, figuring, you know, he's a sixth-round draft pick. There's, he's he's going to get to the practice squad. I mean, everybody passed on him five-plus times in the draft. And, and you know, everyone, everyone always worries that, oh, the, this guy is so good, he won't get to the practice squad. You know what, though? Teams like their guys. I mean, they've scouted their guys. They've coached their guys. And this might seem simple, but they've taught their guys where the bathroom is, where the meetings are. So I, I think teams, by and large, will keep their own guys. So I, I can keep Murphy and feel... Pretty good that I can sneak him on the practice squad. He, he played a heck of a good game against the Raiders. He's a 
he's a talented guy, and I think he can help these teams down the road, but not this year. So I, I get rid of Kyle Murphy hesitantly. At safety, you know what? Again, same, same deal with Kentrell Bryce. I really like the guy, but he was an undrafted rookie from Louisiana Tech. Everybody in the world could have drafted the guy. No one did. No one's going to take him off the practice squad either. Again, another rookie. This, this guy's having another. He's having a heck of a good training camp. He's always around the ball. He's unbelievably athletic, which he showed at his pro day with you know a 40 time and a low 4-4s four and a plus 40 vertical leap. So he's a guy you want to keep as well. And then an inside linebacker, I got rid of Carl Bradford. That was a tough call by Joe Thomas. Both those guys have had terrific training camps. Thomas, perhaps, as you know, handled the third down role last year. He was okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think he killed the guy, but he didn't, win, he didn't win any games either. But he's come back a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical. He's, you know, he's hitting people. He's, he's hitting more people than I can ever recall him hitting. And, you know, as, as the fourth inside linebacker, he might not play much of defense, but special teams is where it's at. I kind of I like the potential there with Thomas. Bradford, another tough cut, though, because he's played incredibly well here down the stretch. So that leads me to wide receiver. I, I kept the seven. I want to keep Janice. You know, again, based on his four to six week timeline that he gave us, that means he'll miss you know a week or three of the regular season. I want to keep him because he's so darn good on special teams as a cover guy. And then I kept Trevor Davis too. I'm going to go with seven wide receivers here because a you're short on depth with, without Janice. You really only have six. B, I mean there are questions about Ty Montgomery, right? Until Ty can you know put it together. I, I, I need to see that he can stay healthy for the long haul. I mean, he battled some injury stuff at Stanford. You know, couldn't get it past the ankle thing last year. Not his fault, obviously, because it ended up needing surgery. And then, you know, look, we don't know about Jordy Nelson either. I mean, is is, is he going to have a relapse? Is he going to come back strong? What, what's going on there? Then ultimately, Jeff Janis is a terrific kickoff returner as well. So is Montgomery. But I, I think I think Davis gives you another option there. I don't know if maybe, maybe he's not your number one with Montgomery, but... It gives you another option at, at a key spot. So I'm going to keep Davis and go with seven wide receivers. Okay, second down, the good news and bad news with Brett Hundley. First, the good news. The Packers are supposed to practice on Saturday, but Mike McCarthy canceled it. Thanks, Mike. More family time for the rest of us. But we did have a media session there with, with, with the guys and did, did, and did talk to Brett Hundley. More than anything, Hundley said... The only thing that mattered to me was how Brett Hundley walked, and he was walking good. I mean, you couldn't if he was limping, I couldn't see it. That's obviously good news. Hundley thought Hundley thought he'd be fine after the game on Thursday. McCarthy thought that Hundley'd be fine, so you know he's not going to play this week. McCarthy basically ruled him out of playing, which I understand. I mean, I mean, look, you, you want to get the guy reps, but he's also your number two quarterback. But you know, we had a, one of the one of my colleagues in the beat called this a disastrous offseason for for Hundley, and you know, I'm just not going to go down that road. I mean, obviously, he's missing out on a lot. I mean, he's a 23 year old quarterback who didn't play a single down in the regular season last year. I mean, the guy needs to play. I mean, there, there's not, and I'm not going to spin this. Otherwise, something other than that, but you know, he missed two weeks last time, basically, and came out with his first training camp practice and threw the ball out of the field like he hadn't missed a beat. And in his first game action in almost a year against the Browns, he went five out of seven. The one, the one incompletion was a drop. I mean, he looks he looks sharp, and you know he, he's he's just he's just such not a run of the mill player. Apparently, he is a unbelievably talented guy. Who you know there are, there are guys who can roll out of bed and play the game. 
And he appears to be one of them. I mean, he puts in the mental work for sure. And that's what he said. You know, being hurt the first time, it was all about taking mental reps and, you know, staying involved when Rodgers is taking the snaps and Callahan was taking the snaps and, and so on and, and making sure you're still involved. And he, and he obviously did that. I mean, look at that pass. You know, the play he got hurt on against the Raiders is that 31-yard back shoulder pass to Devontae Adams. It was an unbelievable pass. And I'm sitting there in a the press box, and I wrote down, you know, 7 to 17 for 31 yards. And then I'm replaying in my mind, you know, in the moments afterward, and it didn't seem right. And I go to, I go to Rob Domofsky from ESPN who sits next to me. I go, Rob, how, how, how long was that pass? And he says 31 yards. And I didn't think it was 31 because he threw it so hard, and it was on such a rope. I mean, guys don't throw – 31-yard passes like that. I guess I, maybe I've gotten accustomed to seeing Joe Callahan throw the ball here throughout training camp in the preseason. But guys don't throw the football like Hundley does. He is he has been blessed with a big-time arm, and he, apparently he can get by in a minimal amount of practice time, which is, you know what, great news for the regular season when, because once the regular season comes around, he's not going to get practice time either. I mean, the, Aaron Rodgers is going to run the number one offense and get ready for the games, and Hundley's going to be mostly a spectator. So, I, again, it's not good that he's missing time, but I think the Packers are fortunate that they've got a quarterback who can stay sharp while taking a limited amount of time. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scout's fantasy site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 and 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. On to third down and a surprise on the defensive line. The Packers drafted Kenny Clark, the obvious answer to B.J. Raji's retirement, hiatus, decided decision not to play, whatever you want to call it. And the, and the, you know, the, the common sense thought at the time was, well, you're going you're gonna to stick Kenny Clark in the, Raji's place in the lineup, and there you go. Well, that's not what they're doing. They practice all of last week, and again, during the game against the Raiders on, on Thursday night, it was the starting line was Mike Daniels at end, Detroit guy at nose and rookie Dean Lowry, not Clark Lowry, the fourth round pick, as the other end. So what's going on there is is has Clark been a disappointment? Has Lowry outplayed him? So what? But no, I don't think it's any of the above. In 2014, when when Raji missed the entire season with that torn biceps, Guyon played nose tackle and it was terrific. He was he was his probably his best season in the NFL. Last year with Raji back, Guyon moved out the defensive end, and he played okay there. But you know, ultimately by the end of the season, it was you know Mike Pinnell had taken had taken uh, Guyon's spot Guyon's spot in the starting lineup, and it's basically been a timeshare there. I just think that Guyon's a better nose tackle than an end. And ultimately, what the Packers are thinking here at this point is they're better off with Guyon playing nose tackle and Lowry playing end than they would be with. Kenny Clark at nose tackle and Guyon playing end. So that's that's my thinking. I don't think it's a knock on Kenny Clark at all. I think it's just you know they're they're, they're this, they they feel this is their best combination and and, and Guyon's at his best at nose tackle and you, you want to have your best guys playing their best spots. Ultimately though, as you know, the Packers don't play much of their base three four defense anyway. They play that maybe a 
20% of the snaps, a quarter of the snaps. Ultimately, they're going to line up in their nickel package, and that's that's where Guyon and Daniels do work. So I don't ultimately I don't think it's a gigantic deal who's starting, but it is interesting that the, the first round pick at this point is nothing more than a backup. Okay, on the fourth down, I got this via email at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. What is my biggest concern? Got a lot of Packer fans where that's always the glass is half empty. <laughs> anyway, the biggest concern with now that we're halfway through the official preseason and we're down to four full training camp practices left. So I mean, we really are running out of time to get this thing solved. It's it's the punt team. You know, last year this is the best punt team the Packers ever fielded. Tim Mastay for the fifth time in six seasons set the franchise record for net punting average. Jeff Janis and Demetri Goodson were tremendous, and as much as fans, for whatever reason, are ready to give it a mass day. He punted terrific all year, as I've mentioned countless times, and no one seems to want to pay attention to it. Yeah, his punts didn't have a, weren't a thing of beauty a lot of times, but he was doing it as he was asked to do by kicking the ball to spots, and now it's just kicking the ball long and high down the middle of the field. That's not what these guys do. He did exactly what he was told to do last year, and it worked out. But anyway, kind of going off on a tangent here. The biggest concern, though, is the protection. Let me look at the Raiders game. First punt of the game with Mastay, Justin Perillo, one of the wings gave up, and will give up a pressure on the right side, and the punt was almost blocked. Later in the game, Ladarius Gunter gave up pressure on the left side, and then it was blocked, and the, and the Raiders ended up scoring a touchdown on that. I mean, you, you can live with special teams mistakes in a preseason if it's lesser guys making them. You know, if it's, you know, Joe Blow's got no chance to make the team, but he's, you know, the 14th string personal protector on the punt team. Well, you know, whatever. He's not going to make the team, so who cares? Well, Perillo and Gunter are making the team, and they very well could be in those spots come the regular season. I mean, there's no doubt Perillo's the number three tight end. There's no doubt Gunter's the number four corner. These guys are going to be key players on special teams, and you can't make mistakes like that. Now, the key, obviously, is they have to learn from their mistakes, and that's you know, the question for Ron Zook for when we when we talk to him later this week. We'll we'll be we'll be focused on those things. But man, you can't give up block punts, right? <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a sixty yard swing up field position and seven points as we saw. So you can't do that. So that's a specific part. You know, in in general though, neither Tim Mastay or Peter Mortel's really punted well. Mortel's punted great in the games, but he's been god awful in practice here. I mean, last week, I think it was his last four punts that were all had. Hang time of three seconds or less. You know, a, a good punt's about four and a half. So he, he wasn't even close. The next day he punted once and he shanked it and it hit the bleachers. So, I mean, he's been he's been terrible. And, I mean, I, I, I love Twitter. I really do. But there's a blowhard radio guy who, after the game, was called for, why do the Packers just cut Mass Day now and keep Mortel? Well, if you go to practice, you'd figure out why. Because he's been awful in practice. At least he was last week. And, you know, Mass, Mass, Mass Day is... Mastay's just outkicked him, and when you when you when you outkick a guy in practice, and you've been fine in the, in the preseason games, and you own the top five spots of the most important category in in your at your position, someone's got to beat you out, and Mortel has not done that to this point. Mortel can obviously do it. I mean, I don't think there's any question that he's got the if quarterbacks arm talent. If quarterbacks have arm talent, I go. There, there's no question he's got the leg talent. But the consistency is what's killing the guy right now, and he's the he's the first to admit he's got to he's got to avoid the bad ones. But I mean, until you can punt consistently, you just can't have that job. So it's Mastay's job at this point. And one more thing on the punt unit is a lot of Mastay's success last year was based on the success of Jeff Janis and Demetri Goodson, their two gunners on the punt team. 
Well, they're not going to have those guys to start the year. Remember, Goodson's got, Goodson's got the four-game suspension, and, and Janice has the broken hand. So Green Bay is going to have to figure out who fills those spots, and can they be as effective as Janice and Goodson were last year. And Zook, I asked Zook about that last week. Ron Zook, the special teams coordinator, and, and he said that, that he likes Quinton Rollins and Robertson Daniel, a couple of corners who were rookies last year, but I mean, they've got to prove it, and they might ultimately ultimately be just fine at that spot, but Janice and Goodson were so darn good there that that's going to be a big setback that they've got to get figured out. And that'll do it for today's episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, and then check me out at PackerReport.com. And I'll be back tomorrow with a focus on Jordy Nelson, who will be making his return from his torn ACL at Monday's practice. Have a great day, everybody. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Analyst.